0: everyone, and welcome to NKVA Live. I'm Carrie Kelly, Creative Director of Carrie Kelly Design Lab in Sacramento, and it's wonderful to be back with you again today to guest host this special edition of Brave New Business. I'm happy to report some good news for you, and the timing of this discussion could not be better as we start to head into the fall season. We have good reason to expect that the kitchen, bath, and remodeling business will be quite robust in the third and fourth quarters of the year and hopefully we will maintain that momentum in 2021. Let me share some reasons for our optimism. First, NKBA's own exclusive research is showing that the past month, demand has begun to bubble up. Our NKBA pulse, which measures member sentiment on the impact of COVID-19 on their businesses, shows that the effect of the shutdown is softening and demand for K&B remodeling and replacement is rising. Second, The housing markets are doing tremendously well. With mortgage rates at an all-time low, many people are jumping at the opportunity to buy a home. And there's a lot of migration from densely populated urban centers to the suburbs and even rural communities. In fact, comparing the second quarter of this year to the same quarter a year ago, an additional 7.5 million households have become homeowners. And what happens when people buy a home or get ready to sell a home? They update their kitchens and bathrooms. Our research also shows orders and permits for new homes are climbing. You might have heard of a V-shaped recovery in housing. That is, we've experienced a sharp but relatively brief drop, and now economists are reporting signs of a sharp spike. So it forms a V on a chart. Again, all good news for the remodeling and design industry. So how can we take advantage of all this? Today joining us are two business coaches who specialize in the home arena. Welcome Toby Fairley, interior designer and business consultant based in Little Rock. And really, a lot of the advice that she has applies to real life too. I love her motto motto of be at home in your own life. And Luann Naguera, host of the podcast, A Well-Designed Business, and author of The Making of a Well-Designed Business both of which have helped hundreds of interior design businesses prosper and implement best practices for success. Luann is also a partner in Window Works, a window treatment specialist in New Jersey. They're going to give us tips on how to prepare for what might be a very hot fall market. And a quick note, Zoom always surprises us and today it looks like the chat function might not be working, so please use the Q&A for all questions and comments. So Toby, are you ready? Let's start with you. Good. What advice have you given your clients during the pandemic with regard to shoring up and emerging as stronger, more efficient businesses?
1: Well, um, those of you who've followed me at all, or even heard me on Luann's podcast, know that I really like to talk about creating a business model that is much more stable, I believe, than what a lot of us typically build in the creative industry, which was typically one high-end service. And so I'm really a fan of having multiple services, some things that are scalable, like that you can create once and sell over and over again. And so that advice really didn't change at all. When coronavirus it in fact, it came, became more relevant than ever, I think, because I have been creating this type of business for several years and helping other people do that. And what I saw overwhelmingly was that the people that had already started that process were like, thank goodness. Thank goodness I have, I, I'm not freaking out right now that I have to go online. I'm already in the online space. So what I told everybody was don't panic you're not behind. You don't have to be in a hurry. But this is such amazing evidence of why this type of business model is so important. Because whether it's a pandemic, which we never dreamed, uh, or just, you know, an economic downturn or something else with the internet, or you know, there's so many things, circumstances that happen all the time that just lead me to believe that having this way of meeting our clients where they are and in the online space is just critical to having a consistent cash flow. And so it's, you know, it's kind of the opposite of having that feast or famine business that we've had for years. And what we'll talk about in a little bit is how what's coming is sort of the feast part of the feast or famine. And that can be deceiving to us because we think, yay, it's here. But the problem is any level of feast or famine business, you're going to have a famine period too and what I would like to help people do is to eliminate the highs and lows and create something that is far more stable and consistent so that was the advice that I gave people is it's let's move you in that direction um, so that when thing when this happens again and it could be anything um, you find yourself in a much more comfortable and stable place not not so much not in fear as we found ourselves
0: recently so what are the pitfalls they should avoid as business starts to come back that note
1: yeah so i think that this is one of the biggest problems when people start trying to build a different revenue stream or a different type of business model is that um the the lure of the feast feels so strong that we stop everything we're doing to build this other kind of more stable business model And we think, oh, I'll go over here right now where all this business is and I'll take all the business and I'll try to get all the money and then I'll come back to that thing. But the truth is we don't ever end up getting back to the thing. We just keep doing this same all or nothing behavior. So the pitfall to me is that stopping what you were believing two months ago was so important, which was building this other kind of business model, making sure you're saving time in your schedule for that. And yes, take the right projects, But that doesn't mean take all the projects because I promise you so many of them are not right. So many of them are not going to be profitable. So many of them you may find yourself undercharging because you're having a thought of, oh, I've got to take it right now. And I was so afraid and my bank account was at zero. So we've got to just kind of make some common sense decisions and say, okay, I don't have to panic. I don't have to go all the way to the all or the feast. I can take each Job that comes my way and ask myself some good solid questions. Is this going to be profitable? Is their timeline realistic? Can I deliver what they're wanting me to deliver? And can I take this job and still have 20% of my time, maybe even 50% of my time available to build out the other business parts of the business model that are going to keep me stable long term? Um, yeah, totally. So that's what I would avoid.
0: Honing in on that ideal client, which you guys
1: are so 100%. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, we throw when when the feast comes following a famine cycle. It's like we have a lobotomy sometimes like we literally throw out everything we decided about the idle client and about what charging our worth meant or what was a a profitable way of working. And we just scrap that whole thing and go straight to the lure of, the business and the money and feeling like we have to say yes. And that is actually what creates the feast or famine cycle and perpetuates it. So we have to be on our toes. We got to notice our thoughts. I'm, I'm big into mindset and notice if you if that scarcity cre- uh, thinking is creeping in of, Oh my God, I need this money right now. You need to ask yourself some serious questions because you're on the verge of making some big mistakes. Right. I think that's that. Yeah.
0: Luann, jump in here. You are a business consultant, a coach, you you own your own business. So from that point of view, let's talk about some of the first steps a business owner should take right now. And um, these upcoming four to six weeks, for instance, should they stock up on inventory? Should they hire staff? What are we looking at Luann?
2: Well, uh, first of all, you know, 110% on everything Toby said. It's like, you know, I I love the way you think. I love the way you stretch the rest of us to think and challenge us to think of more creative ways to make money as opposed to what we were just accustomed to doing, right? So high five on that. Um, I'm going to take a little different tactic on actually addressing um, those of you that are going to be inundated with requests for kitchen and bath and renovation projects because it is, it is if you're not already experiencing it, it is coming. Um, I will tell to uh, express it to you in relation to my uh, window works business, we have been slammed. We have just as we finish August up, we are gonna finish the third month back to back of 40% growth over our best June, July and August Ever so, not just forty percent growth over you know the COVID March and April. You know what I mean? Forty percent growth on our entire you know years in business um, for these particular months, and these are our three of our five best months every year historically. So to be topping our best months every these three months in a row it has been ridiculously challenging. And so I want to share with you that if that's what's coming up your pipeline in the next you know, fall, um, stock up on red wine. My, my, my number one thing. <laughs> Honest to God. Wait until afternoon to drink, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but the thing is that from a practical standpoint, in, knee deep into it, What I would say to you is, particularly because your business models are bigger projects that take longer time with window treatments, you're going to call me, I'm going to order it, it's going to be in three or four weeks, and I'm going to install it, right? Um, You have to be much more conscientious and much more thoughtful about projecting your work schedule. So what I would do right now is, if you have not hit the busy season uh, yet, I would go back to any of your clients that you have done work for, sniffed at doing work for, barely mentioned they might possibly want a kitchen, or clients that you know have done that migration to the suburb or the rural areas, and literally call them. Hey, how's it going? Saw that you moved, or we talked about this kitchen. I want to let you know, like, are you, like I want to ask you, are you still thinking about doing that kitchen reno? And if the answer is yes it's like get on my calendar i need you to understand that i'm going to take five spots i'm going to do five renos in the next five months and if you don't say yes now you miss it you're going to be next spring so because to toby's point you must set up your work so that you can deliver the good product that you're used to delivering but if you're not quite full yet there's no reason not to go drum it up because your good client is sitting there thinking, I got all day, all week, all month. I'll call them after Labor Day. Maybe I'll do this, you know, get my kids back set up for homeschooling and then I'm gonna call my favorite designer and say, let's do the kitchen. So let them know now is the time to make the commitment. The other thing I would do is my second phone call would be to my A-team trades. This is what I've got lined up. I've got these four projects lined up, these five, whatever it is. What's your pipeline look like? And let's carve some time out for me because you don't want to go through a busy period like this without your go-to guys and gals as as from your trades. So have that upfront conversation because what if you didn't do this conversation and you go to call your A-team trades and they're booked? you've already signed the contract like this is this is how you burn your good business by promising and not delivering so line up your people and get on the same page okay and then i would establish protocols for your management team, if that's you, God help you. I, if you're alone, I hope you have a coach, a mentor, an advisor. Um, if you do have a, you know a, a spouse in business with you or a, a couple of key people, but set up weekly meetings because if you experience even a third of the growth that we are knee deep in at Window Works right now, it is buckle on and get ready for this ride. Because I will tell you firsthand that the first six or eight weeks of COVID when um, we did 10% of our cost to be open number, as difficult as it was, it was a cakewalk compared to being three months back to back doing 40% over our best numbers. It is in 40, almost 40 years in business, this last three months, um, not including the month of COVID, like the the month of the crash, April, for us in New Jersey, April. June, July and August make that look like, what was I even worried for? When I was legitimately worried that we might lose our 40 year business. And now it's the, the contrast of having too much business and not being set up for it um, is, because what happens is, You are not only working very hard, you're not only worried about your business, you're not only all the things that you have on your plate, but every day you are disappointing clients. Every day you are saying, I'm sorry, we're not going to meet our deadline. And that is the most sickening feeling on the planet. And so prepare yourself well for the business that's coming.
0: Well, you've kind of answered my next question and I find it interesting that a designer in California, one in New Jersey, one in Arkansas, all have a very similar story as far as what we have in the pipeline, the success rate, that sort of thing. Is there anything besides not disappointing your clients that you could tag on for um, or what mistakes should we avoid as business owners?
2: Yeah. Don't promise what you can't do. I mean, yeah. you if you look first, set yourself up for success by planning your pipeline, okay, planning your trades, planning everything, having your team meetings so that you're constantly staying on track. But if you have to, if, if somebody is not going to get something by Thanksgiving, by, you know, whatever, do not pretend to yourself or to them. Just have the hard conversation, put your big girl panties on or your big boy panties on and pony up and just say, this breaks my heart. It, I have had this conversation I, on top of all of this. We had our lead installer fall off a ladder last week and break his ankle. And I have two installers with family members that tested positive for COVID. And we, so I've had to pull three installers off, off projects for the last eight days when I'm in the biggest, period, biggest growth period of my entire business. I've had to say this mo- so many times i'm i'm so sorry yes this is not the conversation i want to have when can you schedule me for install i actually don't have an answer for you instead of saying next week probably and then calling next week it's just rip the band-aid tell the truth okay and work for the solution honestly avoid it to begin with get ready to be busy
0: (laughs) i love it I love it. Toby, you've said that COVID-19 didn't break your business it just pointed out the parts that were already broken. So how can an owner identify what's wrong and how to fix it and, and do that fairly quickly?
1: I think the first piece of it is exactly what Luann was just talking about but in all parts of your business because we're not honest with ourselves and we create so many of our own problems and a lot of it is you know it's a fear of failure or a fear of just you know we don't, don't like to be uncomfortable and so we're like well I don't like finances or I don't I don't know anything about profits or I'm, I'm creative. I'm not good at sticking to a schedule and all of those things are what we're talking about. So you absolutely, if you're going to be in business, you have to understand your finances. You have to know if taking on these jobs is going to be profitable or not. And we think we let me look at the checks. We look at the revenue side. And we're like, I'm going to get a $300,000 check. And then you look at the profit and you're like, I literally can't even make payroll or pay my rent or I can, can't pay myself. That That is a job you should not be taking. And we have to know that going in. So this is so much leverage to me for us to finally get ourselves to tell the truth about our businesses. I think of it as I was over before COVID trying to get people to jump off of the cliff to know this stuff. And COVID just took a running like, you know, leap or push and you got shoved off. And so we can't afford to any longer not be honest. So what are your profits? What is your What are your finances? How much does it take to run your business? Are you already basically bankrupt or broke? It doesn't mean you have to close necessarily, but be super honest. And then just like Luann said, be honest about what you can do and the timelines and also how you're showing up. Because how many of us as creatives are like, well, I'm supposed to do all these jobs, but I feel really overwhelmed and I just don't feel creative today. So I think I'll just, you know, go on Facebook and play for a while. That kind of showing up is never going to get us running a legit profitable business. And, and a lot of us are also understaffed. We're undercharging. So we're understaffed. So all of those things were already there. But when work stops, we you know, we had enough trickling in to sort of it's almost like a kiting scheme. We had enough trickling in just to keep us alive one more month, and that's why I said it was already broken, but when the revenue stops, then we see all of the things. It's like putting ourselves through an x-ray machine. We're like, there's a broken bone, there's a broken bone, there's a torn ligament, you know, so you've got to be honest. How are you showing up? What's really making you money? Are you really running your business like a professional business? I think that is so, so important. Um, Yeah, and it starts up here. It starts with our own, our own mindset.
0: Definitely, and it seems, Luann, it seems like maybe they, uh, uh, a help or a band-aid in this situation, or maybe it's your normal life as a business person, part-timers and freelancers, introducing them into this scenario, yes. is does that help with your new normal, or are there pitfalls with that, and Luann, if you want to jump in and answer that, because I know you're talking about your installers.
2: Yeah I mean I'm not sure what you're asking there so I I I missed it So uh, what
0: are the merits of working with part-timers and freelancers until oh, we get understood. to normal and are okay. there pitfalls
2: Yes. Well, yes, <laughs> there are, oh <laughs> But there are. you know, these desperate times call for desperate measures. <laughs> I mean, this is my, do. You know, this <laughs> is my whole message is get prepared, get ahead of it. You know what I mean? You guys are doing this tremendous job of gathering the information the data and letting us know that we can expect this as business owners. And, you know, I'm just saying, get ready. And um, yes, I, for us, we, we, historically do not have subcontract labor. That is our thing. But I'm sorry, when I've got five installers and three are out, you know, what do I gotta do? But for me, I have a go-to place that they are vetted, that I know their quality, and I've worked with them before, and we have this understanding that you are my emergency people because I might call you once a year, okay? So if you work more often, with that type of labor. Just for me, what it is, is it's about setting up the conversation with that sub clear. These are the standards of my, my firm. You know, I love to review them with you. It's funny because it was on today's show, today's Thursday. What would Lou do? There's today's actual podcast episode, a designer, you know, asked me a question. And she said, I worked with this contractor when he ran the job. And then today, you know, this job I'm running and he's running ramshot over me and he went behind my back. And she knew what her mistake was that it was not setting it up ahead of time. So do not ever... Hesitate in a respectful, in a kind, in a collaborative way, but to say, well, let's, let's talk about the ground rules when we work on projects together. You know, like we have uh, Sandra Funk in our area. and We're so honored to do her window treatments. And she's like, look, there's no parking your trucks in my client's driveway. That's not happening. Simple thing like that. How many times does a contractor just come in and park in someone's driveway? But she has standards and she enunciated them to us. And so I do the same thing when I sub something out. I say, look, you're going to wear a black or a blue shirt. You're not going to have any work boots on. You're going to have clean sneakers. You're going to have a second pair of sneakers if it's raining. You know, you just, the idea is you have to know for yourself what your standards are. I hope that you have them written down. They should be written down so that everybody in your firm works towards them. But when you hire because you're in a pinch or it's the way your business model is, do not ever hesitate to have that very nice collaborative conversation, but set the ground rules. Because then if somebody pops out of the ground rules, you could be like, you know, I just got a phone call. You're in my my client's driveway and not loving it. It's a bad right. look that we agreed on this,
0: right? Yeah set that expectation perfect advice I love it so we're happily anticipating this resurgence in business but realistically we need to consider the possibility of another shutdown so Toby what is the contingency plan what are we going to have homeowners have in, or actually home uh, business owners have in their back pocket for this time should we shut down again
1: Yeah, this is where I think it can't even be in your back pocket. Like one has to be in (laughs) one front pocket and one has to be in the other front pocket because, you know, it's like your jeans, like get one on each side because what we do want to do is put it in our back pocket. And what I know is that anything that's a side gig never gets the attention that it's due. It always, it gets your attention when you're tired or you procrastinate on it. And so I firmly believe you have to be building this other thing whether it's a scalable thing or an alternative service or a virtual thing you have to make sure that that is getting your time at the same time so only take as many of the other jobs as allows you to still work on that and then I think the other thing that's really interesting that's coming to mind for me is we got to make sure that we are charging as much as we need to for these jobs that are coming in we're afraid to because we think if I over if I overcharge, which is not overcharging. But if I charge something that makes me feel uncomfortable, I'm gonna lose the job. But we cannot sustain a business if we're not bringing in enough profit not revenue, but profit to truly run the business. And then I think the other piece of this, which is still in the feast, but all for sure in the famine is selling and having a sales process. And Luann actually demonstrated that when she said, pick up the phone and call people. But Mm -hmm. what I think is going to be so fascinating to watch is just because business starts booming, doesn't mean all of us are going to have full pipelines because we can't just sit and be invisible. We can't just hope that people find us or find our website or find our Instagram and call us. Mm -hmm. We have to actively during feast and famine be Confident enough and committed to having a sales process and asking people for business. And we don't want to do this. This is part of the problem, right? The two things we don't want to do is charge as much as we need to and sell because both feel super uncomfortable, but they're very much required to have a successful business. So I think really just thinking about those particular things how am I charging? Am I managing my schedule so I'm keeping time? I I call it this, working on my business while also working in my business because you can't stop one. And our brain will go, no, you gotta put that on hold while all these people are coming. You absolutely don't. You will be so mad at yourself if we do hit another pause, another famine. And you're like, why? Why was I not getting ready for that too? So just as much as Luann and I agree is saying get ready for the feast, Also be getting ready for another famine at the same time. Not panic, not fear-mongering, just having both of those realities on your schedule, on paper, and saying, what are we doing to work towards both of these scenarios? How much work can we handle? What are we going to do if this particular service is not selling as much? We're going to move this one up. And, you know, how does that look? And it's just being intentional about it.
0: Yeah, and remaining engaged, for sure, which you guys are both so great at. Luann, um, you talked about reaching out to the clients, so we know that, but on the social media and the marketing side of things, are there any specific tips we should implement right now?
2: Keep doing it. But <laughs> <laughs> <Keep laughs> going. working, too, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, to, to, to Toby's points here, you know, the feast and the famine, like, and, and to your point, too, Carrie, like, what if there's another close down? I mean, you know, I have to say, it's been a little scary for us to continue to market through this period that we're in, because we're like, okay, phone, just stop, you know, but we are, I mean, you know, you must market always okay you just can't give that up because we don't know what's around the corner this could be this could be the best three months I ever do in my entire business and I never sniff these numbers again right Right. like I can't assume that this is my new you know level of business for June July and August I have to assume that it's an anomaly and I got to chase what you know doing this again. Of course, putting the wheels back on the bus and running it better down the track the next time, right? But the thing is to always, to always, always market. And then I would say that to the to being prepared and what do you do if there is another close down? You know, Toby nailed it on the head. When COVID hit, all of a sudden everybody was like, oh, I need an online thing. I need something I can sell. I can do like, I was gonna do it. I meant to do it. I haven't I supposed to do it, but I never did it, right? So. Right. Lean into it if you've got the idea, if you've got the product, if you've got the service. And then the other skill I really think that we have to just address is this right here, this virtual, is that it is, we are finding in the window treatment industry across the nation, um, in the network of exciting windows that I am, is that virtual consultations for the first consultation are moving up the ladder in desirability to our potential clients, regardless if we can visit in person or not. It's sort of like, wait, I could do all this without like having to like do whatever. And so the thing is, though, you know, there's a difference between just throwing on Facebook and trying to do a virtual consultation and doing it well. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and really being prepared and understanding the technology yourself and look at the backgrounds I'm like geez I thought my drape looked pretty I thought I had a good background and now I'm looking at these beautiful bookcases that both of these designers have right it's like it's it's all of that if you want to come off that same professional way you would never show up you know in a, a, a crappy outfit and where it was clear that that you didn't prepare for a consultation in person. So, you know, don't do it virtually either. Put that bar higher because everybody, if we go back to shutdown is gonna do virtual and many are gonna continue no matter what, but that is now your differentiator. Their virtual appointment with one designer and their virtual appointment with you, like that whole client experience, think about it from that point out. Um, And so those are the two things.
0: Well, I'm going to consider that your final tidbit, and I know this wouldn't be a Toby interview as well if we didn't have uh, downloadable uh, information for our attendees to view, <laughs> so let's put that out there that we have that. You guys have given us some an amazing advice, but we have people clamoring for questions and answer session with all of you, so uh, let's see. I'm sure we have a lot of questions from our panel here. Leanne is the queen of all this. I'm going to have her jump in here and take us through hi everyone a couple questions and i'm just going
3: to merge a few together because they're of a similar nature toby you talked about only the right jobs what are the red flags we should look for to decline a client um and someone else asked what are the telltale signs that a job is not valuable enough to take
1: yeah so you know that is so it depends on knowing your business because what it takes Luanne to be profitable with her overhead or me to be profitable with my overhead or somebody else who's just doing a thing all by themselves to be profitable are completely different numbers. So you have to know how much money do I need to, t- to make on a job, right? And that just requires you to get super responsible about the money piece. But the other red flags to me are anytime I notice myself having an internal conversation of surely they don't really think we can get it done by then, or surely they don't really think they can do their living room for $10,000 with everything they told me, or surely, and we, we don't speak up. And I think the theme of what we've talked about a lot today is being honest with yourself and with your customers. Mm-hmm. And so that's when you, like, how many times do we take a job that turns into a nightmare? And I, I would say 99.9% of the time afterwards we say I knew I knew I I knew I should have said no and it's always those things so right now like Luann said earlier if you're a one-person show or if you mainly do full gut kitchen remodels and you know they take six to nine months then don't be promising by on September 1st that you will have them in their house for Thanksgiving and Christmas in fact consider not even tearing it up because then they're going to be really mad at you if they're hosting and their house is down to the studs. So again, we have to listen and we have to not be afraid. And to me, that's really having that abundance mindset of knowing I can let this one go, I'm gonna believe that another one and the right one will come afterwards or that I can go out and get one. But anytime we're feeling like we have to, because we say that I have no choice, I have to take this job, that is also a really big red flag. Why am I believing I have no choice? We always have a choice, forever, no matter what, we always have a choice, right?
3: Love it. Great. Thank you, Toby. And I understand uh, for all the attendees today, you do have a download. as Carrie Yeah, we, have
1: a, we, have, we made a little landing page for you guys that were on, our ladies, uh, that were on today. And um, I think it's tobefairly.com slash BNB, right? Like yes, brave, new brave New Business. New business. Uh, yep. And y'all are going to post it. But it's where they can just get one of our, um, we you know, have a few different Um, downloadables and things that speak to this specific um, problem and the one that I'm that I'm offering today is the one that talks a lot about feast or famine and how to really set your business up for that more consistent cash flow.
3: Great Luann I have a two-part question for you which is of vital importance the first one is what's your favorite red wine and secondly (laughs) other than red wine how do you keep your you and your team from getting stressed and anxious when you have all those obstacles to overcome when you're busy?
2: Pinot Noir. Is my <laughs> line of choice. Let's talk. You know, important things first. <laughs> um, I, I would tell you that first of all, don't expect that you're not going to have moments of complete despair. I mean, despair is a tough word. I would say exhaustion is a good word. Um, our installers have been pushed to the limit. Our salespeople have been pushed to the limit. Myself, my husband, and our our partner Bill have been pushed to the limit. There's no question. Um, However, the things that we actively do to manage it is we have a partner meeting. We Previously to all of this, we had a partner meeting once a month. We have one once a week now, every Monday night. We have a team meeting every Monday morning, and every Monday night we have a partner meeting because it is moving at the speed of light. First, it was moving at the speed of light, like all the differences in COVID and the clowdown, and then it was moving at the speed of light with all the building up and all of the opportunity. Um, The other thing is that we do, um, A, communicate with our team um, often and not just in what's happening which is very important to them to know that okay we're working on you know getting help and having another installer you two are left you are the two last men standing and we've got (laughs) the calvary is coming in right um but we have been doing a lot more like monday i we went to our team meeting and there was 25 dollars gift certificates to um dunkin donuts for everybody um tuesday there was a huge bowl of fruit for for all the installers um you know it's It's just, and then, and what I'm also doing is I'm actually actively when I'm sitting at my desk and I see in the, um, the um, video that an installer is pulling in in the driveway. I've gotten up out of my desk and out of my chair and I've gone out to the parking lot and caught him before he got into the thing. And I just, just five minutes, how how was your day today? How are you doing? And then of course he's gonna sit there and tell me, I'm exhausted, I'm flat out, I can't do another thing. And I'm just like saying, you know what? I see how hard you're working and I appreciate it so much. Mm. And so these are the things, it's like you just, you're so busy running around and wishing somebody would just give you the wine and stroke your head and say, how are you? But guess what? Again, big girl panties. Like you got to do it for them um, because that's going to be all the difference. And so, you know, and then the communication has got to be straight up honest with the client. And it's the hardest part of all of this, but there's no, you know, you cannot avoid the hard conversation. I would say those are the four biggest things that are getting us through it. I'll let you know in another month.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's great. We are running out of time. We have had a couple people ask you both to share your, um, just to say your social media platform so they can find you, please.
1: Yeah, mine's just at Toby Fairley. So look Instagram's the best place, probably. And you can DM me there. And we have all I mean, it feels like text messaging to me. So yeah. any of you, if you have other questions, if you want to reach out, literally I'll give you my permission right now to go send me anything you want to in my Instagram DMs at Toby Fairley.
2: Yeah. And I'm at Louanne Igarra on Instagram as well. And then on my website, LouennIgarra.com, there is like, do you want to be a guest on the show? You can fill that out. Like all of that stuff. There's lots of resources there as well. So And if you
1: haven't listened to Luann's podcast and my podcast, I think you'll get a lot out of both. Um, I have a lot of mindset and a lot of business practice and Luann has the the best guests and her own advice. So I think that, yeah, if you haven't listened to them both, jump over and and subscribe to those and start listening because they'll help you a lot.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great way to continue on this conversation because you guys have given amazing advice today. So thank you so much, Luann and Toby, for all the great tips and design advice. And thank you to everyone who joined us today. We had, had a stellar crowd with some great questions. It's been my pleasure to host you all today. So next week, September 3rd, is a special rebroadcast of Brave New Business on Leadership in Times of Disruption featuring Gene Bronhill and Alex Capposalantro. And my friend Bill Darcy returns to hosting duties in two weeks on September 10th for a great and timely conversation back to the future of retail. His guests will be Rush Rush Diamond of Snyder Diamond, one of the premier appliance and decorative plumbing and lighting showrooms in the country, and futurist keynote speaker and author Doug Stevens, founder of Retail Profit. They'll look at several aspects of consumerism in the future and how to reinvent the retail experience in a post-pandemic world. So it'll be a terrific discussion, just like this one. So thank you so much, and we'll see you again next time.